I was able to uh, discover a book, which I hope we can all read together in the next few months, a book by Eric Clayton, who lives not too far away in um, the neighborhood in Baltimore. It's called Cannonball Moments, which is our theme this, this, this year as well. And it's based on what we've been talking about, St. Ignatius' own cannonball moment. But the subtitle to his book, which I think will intrigue you, is Telling Your Story, Deepening Your Faith. So we're going to distribute the book to those who are interested in really telling their story and deepening their faith. And in the introduction, Eric says, each of our stories makes up a vital thread of the tapestry of human life really God's great story connected to our great story. And that catalyst, the personal reflection, our own cannonball moment, that moment that might have changed our direction, gave us a different way of thinking, allowed our vocation to unfold, all those things. And what's so creative about this book and our possible use of it is how we allow the Lord to weave together our stories, our cannonball moments. So many, many stories these days which break our hearts. Just today, reading the New York Times, following a story of a city in Ukraine, the story waiting in dark for next shell to drop, town slowly dies. So a story literally chronicling the death of a Ukrainian village. And that story, which stays with many of us today as we pray for people in Ukraine. Around a dozen civilians have died from the fighting in this particular town. And every morning, people emerge from their homes and shelters to assess the damage and call their neighbors to make sure they're still alive. Rumors are rampant as is misinformation. One rumor is that a local was caught helping mark targets for the Russian military and was subsequently hanged. No one can really say if it was true or not. We still can't understand that this has happened to us. We think that we'll go out tomorrow and everything will be as before, Ms. Zivshenko said from her basement shelter. But there is no way to go out. Sergio Bravko, a short, wiry bus driver whose crow feet wrap around the side of his head, had been ferrying children to school for less than a year before the war reached the town. Now he drives his aging Isuzu bus to the city and loads up humanitarian aid, cans of goulash and water. I could never imagine this. Imagine what is happening to our beloved city, Uliopole, not even in my nightmares. So just that little piece of a story helps us to imagine a world suffering, a world that needs our support, our humanitarian aid, but just simply our prayers. And I think of so many other stories that help us identify our, our place in God's world, our place as we uh, move forward. And I think of uh, another place in the world, in Melbourne, Australia, in a story in the far-flung outskirts of that city, in a very, very small town, at a school 
where students are learning about the rest of the planet far away from where they live. And a visiting teacher asking the students who are basically just about finished with school, age 18, and so very bright and diligent, but rambunctious and filled with energy. Students from all over that part of the world, Chinese, Japanese, Malaysian, Scotch, Irish, English, even a tall girl whose parents are from Finland, and another one whose mother's from Montana. And the story, I think, is tragic in a different way than the tragedy I just shared with you in Ukraine. It's a story of a group of students going up country to see their people, while one young man stayed behind in this town. And as they were traveling out of the town near Sydney, something terrible happened. A trucker fell asleep at the wheel and crushed their car. The poor boy, no siblings. He was quiet before, but even quieter now. Just something you should know before you speak. To my delight, the students in this class that I was teaching were bubbling and hilarious and witting and challenging and creative and asked me many questions about the U.S. And I stood by the door and shook their hands as they left, and I was moved by their honesty. And when they were all gone, I stood with my host for a moment and talked about that boy sitting in the back of the classroom in the blue jacket. Did you see? Asked my host, and I said yes. I had seen the way his other classmates touched him gently on the elbow and shoulder as he made his way to his seat, and how they'd saved that seat for him, and how a girl tossed him her pencil and he was patting his pockets for a pencil, and how when they were filing out, hand after hand after hand, touched him gently. Yes, I saw that, but I I couldn't really figure out what it was that was happening. Yes, I said I had seen it, and I said to my host, it seemed to me exactly what we mean when we say love and pain and holy and sorrow and condolence. They didn't have the words to share their, con- their, their deep, deep sorrow for the fact that all of his family were killed in that accident, and he remained. But they did their best. They sent a gesture, they gave a signal, and they did what all of us should do every day, not knowing what a neighbor, a friend, a fellow student, a fellow colleague might be going through. And in the back of our mind, imagining, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what their cannonball moment is. I wonder how they're surviving their own sorrow. These are days in which we ponder our stories and connect them to others. My message as we end this podcast today, do not let your hearts be troubled. Let the Lord help you tell your story. Let's tell our stories together. Let's share our cannonball moments. Let's deepen our faith.